you can turn your Bibles to Psalm 123. We are just going to read Psalm 123. Psalm 123. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Have mercy on us. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease with the contempt of the proud. We are going to read this psalm again. As we read, I believe that God may give us more understanding. Psalm 123, unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord, our God, until he has mercy on us. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Have mercy on us. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Contempt means the feeling of worthlessness. A feeling of not being treated as human. We are filled with contempt. Verse 4, our soul is exceedingly filled with scorn. Again, it's a feeling of worthlessness. A feeling that we don't deserve any respect at all. That's what is scorn. So our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease. It simply means those who are arrogant. With the contempt of the proud. Let's read verse 2 again. That's our key verse for this morning. Verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters as the eyes of a maid into the to the hand of her mistress so our eyes look to the lord our god until he has mercy on us this morning i'm titling my sermon as eyes of the servant and hand of the master eyes of the servant and hand of the master Song of Essence is a title given to 15 of the Psalms in the Bible. Psalm 120 to 134, you know, these 15 Psalms are known as Song of Essence. You know, many scholars believe that during, uh, you know, the time when children of God were living in, in Jerusalem, this title indicates the song was, these songs were sung by the worshippers as they were ascending the road that leads them to Jerusalem. Basically, they go there every year three times. They make this pilgrim, uh, you know, pilgrimage to, the, to, the, to, the, to Jerusalem in order to participate in three different festivals. The festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival and the feast of tabernacles we read this in Deuteronomy chapter 16 so as children of God they ascend on the road that leads them to Jerusalem they sing all these 
15 psalms. Other scholars, they think that these song, psalms were sung by the Levites as they were ascending the 15 steps to minister at the temple that is in Jerusalem. So these songs were sung during the travel. These psalms were sung as they were traveling, as they were journeying. So, you know, we read from one such psalms, Psalm 123, and we read it was to saying, Behold, as the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord of God, Lord our God, until he has mercy on us. You know, we see a common theme running through or running across the song of ascents. They show how much we are depending on God today. The theme of the psalm, song of ascents, they tell us, you know, we are all in distress, but we are all running to God, rushing to God for his mercy. Can give you an idea about all these psalms, couple of these psalms, they fall under the category of song of ascents. Psalm 120, the psalmist says, In my distress, I cried to, the, cried to the Lord, and he heard me. You know, you see a common theme as I read through. In Psalm 121, psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. In Psalm 122, David, in fact, he wrote this psalm, and he says, prayer for, for, the, for the peace of Jerusalem. He is making prayer, you know, as he wanted people to get together in, in one accord, in one mind, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. In Psalm 123, the psalmist says, unto you I lift up my eyes. O you who dwell in the heavens, unto you, Lord, I lift up my eyes. You always see a cry of cry from the heart, cry from the depth of, you know, the heart of people for mercy of God to come upon their lives. Psalm 125, the psalmist says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Psalm 127, penned by Solomon, son of David. And Solomon says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Psalm 130, the psalmist again says, out of the depths I have cried out to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. In Psalm 132, probably penned by Solomon. And he says, Lord, remember David, my father, and all his afflictions. You know, these are the psalms sung as children of Israel were traveling and they were crying out to God, Lord, look into our situation. We are in so much of distress. Lord, we are downtrodden. Lord, we, we, are, we are so much of in agony. We are going through pain, Lord. We are oppressed from all the directions. Have mercy on us this morning. You know, as I was preparing for the sermon, I was so sure that I need to share the scripture. You know, there are times... You know, some of the preachers, you know what I'm talking about. There are times, you know, when we come to the pulpit, we, we are not sure, you know, what God is going to speak through this sermon. There are times I come in that way, but today morning, I'm very sure that God is speaking to you. God wants me to share Psalm 123, verse 2 again. Let's read it together again. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. I hope we don't have the sermon, sorry, we don't have the servant and master concept today. I believe no one is servant anymore. There is no one a slave, and the same way there is no servant. Thank God for the servant leadership, you know, that is practiced 
that is so popular among businesses. According to this concept of servant leadership, instead of people working to the serve their masters or serve the leaders, the leaders exist to serve the people. That's what servant leadership says. Now, there are many organizations, you know, they practice this. They don't expect people to serve the leaders, but instead leaders are there to serve the people. You know, this is so true in the churches and ministries. God may use his ministers in different levels, but we should never forget that we are called to serve. We are not called to be served. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, because we are gifted in different ways, because we are used by God, we don't really become special. Not because of that. And certainly we don't need assistance. We don't need bodyguards coming alongside of us. No. We need those things, you know, when, only when we age or maybe, you know, we, uh, our health condition is not allowing us to do things the way we have been doing in the kingdom of God. When we are in such situations, suddenly we need support, we need help, but until then we don't need anybody around us. We are called to serve, not to be served. So let's not take advantage of the people. At times, you know, we see ministers of God, you know, when they move around, they want a couple of people around them carrying things for them. Somebody carries the Bible, somebody carries the bag, you know, somebody, you know, even helps them to, you know, uh, give them the shade with the umbrella and all those kind of things. We don't need those things. No one is greater than anyone other than the different responsibilities each one is interested with. No one is greater than anyone other than the level of different responsibilities each one is interested with. So Jesus came to this world to serve, not really to be served. You know, but in those days, I'm trying to, you know, bring a, put a context for us to, you know, get into, get deep, deeply into the word of God. But in those days, there were servants, there were many servants, in fact, in the household. There were, there were masters and there were mistresses. You know, some of you would have really, you know, grown in that kind of setup, in that kind of surrounding. When I grew up, in the tea estates where my father worked, we had servants in the house. We had them to work in the garden. We had them to milk the cow. We had them to do the laundry. We had them to do, uh, go to the ration shop and buy ration and follow the groceries. We don't need to do any of these things. They would be doing it. And they never entered, you know, into the house through the main door. They always come through the back door. And they come and then they sit in the specific place that is allotted. I mean, th th that is designated for them. It's not that, you know, we wanted them to do it, but the system was in that way. And when my dad comes from office, they stood really, they stood and they folding their hands. They unfold their lungis, you know, lungis are the piece of cloth they, you know, they used to wrap around the, their waist and they, that flows down to, till their ankle. They just unfold that and they listened. And they obeyed, you know, whatever he said, because they were seeking some kind of favor always from the masters or from the leaders. 
Masters and mistress, you know, their hand is so powerful. You know, many times their eyes are watching their hand movements because they use their hands to communicate many different things. Masters used to command, you know, for their work to be done using their hands. Also, you know, the wages and the benefits are handed over by their hands. Hands also used to punish. You know, when, when, when servants are not behaving in the right way, hands were used to punish. And hands also used to tap, you know, give a tap behind their shoulder, you know, just to appreciate them, just to encourage them. Hands are so important in the process of communication as well as, you know, when the masters are dealing with the servants. Psalm 123 verse 2 says, Behold, as the eyes of the servants look the hand of their masters, so we understood what it takes, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. We as a church, as a province, moving into the post-COVID season right now, even though other provinces and other nations are not really doing well. You know, God has blessed this part of Canada, you know, so far that we don't have many cases getting reported. But the concern, but that all of us today we have across the world, will there be a second wave? And how long this social distancing is going to last? You know, when will I be able to get back to my country? When will I be able to get back to my nation and see my dull loved ones? When will I be able to cross the border to meet my families and my friends? Well, death is nearing. The death toll is nearing half a million. What will be my future on the face of this earth? As servants' eyes are looking unto the hand of the masters, there is no doubt that you and I are looking unto the hand of our heavenly father let's talk a little bit about the hand of the heavenly master hand of the master what does bible say about the hand of god you know we all know that god's hand is so powerful god's hand can do mighty things but this morning i believe let's understand what the bible says about so that we will understand we will have an idea how big how, how great how awesome and mighty the hand of our master is the space today that we see around us, the space that man is trying to explore, Bible says, was spread out there by the hand of God. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 13 says, Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. You know, I could imagine that God was standing in one fine morning, and he was just showing his hand this way, and that, that, that eventually resulted in the, in the vast that universe, the sky that we see without beyond the limits. God's hand is so powerful. Bible says, He's holding our breath in his hands. Job chapter 12 verse 10 says, In whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. You know, this is what I could understand. He is holding my breath in his hand in this way. And there is going to be a time, there is going to be a day, there is going to be an hour, there is going to be a minute, and there is going to be a second. He's just going to release my breath and I'm done. He's holding your breath and my breath. Our time is in God's hand. Psalm 31 verse 15 says, My times are in your hand. My times are in your hand. You know, many times we worry about, you know, this is happening, this is not happening. Lord, why there is so much delay? The answer is, He is holding your time in His hand. There is all the reason that we need to look unto His hands 
to obtain mercy what we desire is in his hand bible says in psalm 145 verses 15 and 16 the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing that includes human being when he opens his hand you know that's where we are going to be satisfied god says the favor that you and I need, the favor that we have been looking for today, it is in the hand of God. You know, many times we are waiting, waiting for people to get back to us. Many times we are waiting for people to, you know, uh, tell us something about, you know, the good things that are going to happen in our lives. And Bible says, the favor that you have been waiting for is in his hand. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 says, the king's heart is in the hand of God. Like the rivers of water. He turns it whenever he wishes. I believe the king's heart, the person that on whom you are depending, you are waiting for favor, is in the hand of God. Is in the hand of God. God's hand is a mighty hand. We know that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with his mighty hand. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 8. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm with great terror and with the signs and wonders you know he's such a mighty this morning i want you to understand how mighty and how powerful the hand of god is the lord god brought children of israel out of egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and what he did with the same hands he did great miracles signs and wonders and he asked he made great terror to fall upon to fall upon the people of egypt his hand is also a blessing hand in Mark chapter 10 verse 6 verse 16 as children came to Jesus he ticked them up with their with his hands and Bible says he laid his hands on them and he blessed them it's a hand of blessing you know this morning you need that hand to be laid on you not at the hand of a man do not just go and show your head under the hand of a man he cannot bless you is not at all capable of blessing you whoever it may be god may be using it but try to learn you know try to practice to go and show your head under the hands of god and let him touch you that will bring total deliverance in our lives his hand is also a healing hand luke chapter 4 verse 40 says when the sun was setting down all those who had any kind of sicknesses with various diseases they were brought to jesus and bible says he laid his hand on them and every one of them and heal them all his hand is an amazing hand his hand has everything that you need and I need today you remember his hand touched or his fingers touched the eyes of the two blind men who are crying out for his their, their eyesight to be you know to be restored and he healed them with his hands one touch from above will settle all the issues that you have been going through in your life i don't know this morning what is your problem i don't know this morning what struggle you have been going through what kind of pain that you have been going through we need to understand the power of god's hand once we know the power of god's hand you will not hesitate to surrender your life totally under that authority under that power we talked about the hands of god let's talk a little bit about the eyes of servant Psalm 122, 23 verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, 
as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress so our eyes look to the lord until he has mercy on us if you realize the life of servants at times the end at the end of the day their eyes are filled with frustration and disappointment you know there are their eyes are always dull and dim because they could not see that what they wanted in their lifetime always they are living as a servant all along in their lives now those eyes are looking expectantly at the hand of the master there is a great expectation in those eyes we are talking about the eyes of the servant there is a great expectation you know some of the lives some of our lives we have been living in that situation our eyes are with great expectation and we have been looking into the lord with great expectation in our lives every day you check your mailbox you check your mail expecting that you would have received an email from your employer you would have received an, an email from your immigration officer or maybe from your lawyer or maybe maybe from your husband maybe from your wife a couple of days before a lady who contacted me in the social media and she said sir we have been married just not for not for many days or many months we just got recently married and my husband came to Canada saying that I will go and settle down initially and then I will come back and take you to the country of Canada. Sir, every day I've been checking my emails to just to see whether I'm getting an invitation from my husband. But I don't see his email anymore. I'm not receiving any emails anymore from him. I even stopped receiving, uh, you know, uh, phone calls from him. And even whenever I try to take, make phone calls, he don't even pick up my calls. I don't know where he is. Sir, can you please help me to find my husband? You know, the, our eyes are always looking unto somebody with a great expectation of things happening in our lives expectantly waiting with our eyes wide open that's the same situation of the servants expectantly waiting on the masters how many days we wet our bed with we wet our pillow with the tears in those eyes you worry about your child you worry about your parents you worry about your husband and your wife your eyes have become really tired now i believe god is speaking to you this morning the lame man who was sitting at the gate of the temple of God as Peter and John were walking into the temple of God he looked upon everyone as they walked and his eyes got disappointed he looked for alms not everyone could give him anything he looked for other help and many of them neglected him he looked to obtain something and most of the time he ended up in disappointment his eyes were looking thinking that he can get something from somebody and as peter and john were walking into the temple of god peter fixed his eyes on this little man young man who was sitting at the side at the gate and this is what peter said in acts chapter 3 verse 4 uh, peter along with john peter told him look at us Peter was trying to gain his attention and was fine. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. You know, that is the same situation that you are in today. You look for help here and there and you expect something to come through in your life. That is your situation. 
You have been living with a great expectation of receiving some blessing from God in this year. And God is trying to gain your attention. And He is telling you, look. Look into me, look into my hands. That's where the blessing is there. That's where the blessing is. I'm holding that blessing for you. The blessing is still in my hands. Psalmist says in Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. God wants us to look unto him expectantly because he will open his hand in due time and in due season you've been looking at the hand of god and just waiting for god's hand to move on your behalf waiting for god's hand to move for a favor in your life and how long you have been waiting how long already you have been looking and you don't know how long you are going to look forward look into his hands as we move forward we don't know how long but bible says the same verse psalm 123 verse 2 says how long we need to look behold as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters and the eyes of maid to the hand of her mistress so our eyes look to the lord our god how long until he has mercy on us now god doesn't expect us to make an attempt and let that go no 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 no, no. that's not the plan of god in your life and that's not how Bible works. That's not how God works in our lives. God expects us to wait until he has mercy on us. Let's talk a little bit about the mercy of God. What you need is the mercy of God. Can you say that with me? What I need is the mercy of God. What I need, <coughs> excuse me, is the mercy of God. Bible says he's a merciful God in Psalm 186 sorry Psalm 86 verse 15 Bible says but you O Lord are a God full of compassion what kind of God he is you are a God full of compassion and you are gracious long-suffering abundant in mercy and truth you know, our God is a God who is full of compassion. It's not that God is not seeing you. It's not that God is not caring about you. He's a God who is full of compassion and he's gracious and long-suffering and he's abundant, abundant in mercy and truth. There's another scripture that talks about the favor of God, the, 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 the faithfulness of God. In fact, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness you know his mercy and his compassion they don't fail not you know they are new every morning they are so fresh in your life and this morning god is asking you that you need to keep looking until you obtain mercy we need to obtain mercy and that's what is needed for us you know when you obtain mercy from god all your problems will be solved your family will join together your children will come back to you all your brokenness will be healed all your physical conditions will be healed you know whatever you feel that it is closed god will open the door until when you obtain the mercy of god god will bless you because he has been waiting for the time that he is able to he will be in a position to bless your life 
But all that you need to do is you need to find the mercy of God in your life. You remember the blind Bartimaeus. He did not ask for his eyesight to be restored. He did not ask his blindness to be healed. But you know what he asked? This is what he asked. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You and I need mercy in this situation. You don't need job. You don't need work visa. You don't need your child. But you don't need, you know, you don't need really your family to understand you. But what you need is the mercy of God. Can you change the way you have been praying until now? And I believe God is speaking to some of you. You have been telling God that, Lord, I have been making the same prayer over and over again. Lord, I don't see any result. You know, I'm not here to prescribe another alternate method where you can try. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you how important the mercy is. You can just pray the way you want, but what you need is mercy. There is a reason why the blind Bartimaeus cried out to God, Son of David, have mercy on me. He had a greater revelation that if I have the mercy of God, I have everything in my life. And I believe this morning God may give us that revelation. You and I need the mercy in this situation. James 5 chapter, sorry, James chapter 5 verse 11 says, The Lord is very compassionate and he is merciful. The Lord is very compassionate and he is merciful. Let's not stop asking God. Let's not give up. You know, delay doesn't mean that God is not giving it to you. Delay doesn't mean that God is saying no to you, not at all. Let us continue to look until we obtain mercy. You know, servants are really going to bless, miss the blessings the moment they fail to look at the hands of the masters. If they don't carefully observe when, he hands, when his hands moves, you know, they need to respond. Then only they are good servants. So let's not stop looking at his hand. You know, some of you already stopped looking at the hands of God. You know, you tried, you think that you thought that, you know, you tried your level best and you are no more looking at the hands of God. You started looking somewhere else. And this morning God is speaking to you. God wants you to keep your eyes fixed at the hand of the master. He wants you to keep your eyes fixed on him. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 25 through 27, Bible says, Proverbs chapter 4 verses 25 to, 20, 20, 25 to 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead. The instruction of God. God is speaking to you this morning and he's telling you, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Verse 27, do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. God wants you to look unto him straight away. When you look unto God, when you look on God until you obtain mercy, you know that simply tells God that you are totally under the mercy of God. And you don't have any control. And your understanding is not going to work in this situation because you are called to fix your eyes on Jesus. Basically, your brain is cut off. You can't think anything. And your understanding is not really interfering with your looking unto Jesus. Your wisdom is really not trying to teach you. Your experience doesn't really help you here. And you are 
so closely, so focusedly looking at the hand of God. You know, that is the expectation of God. Proverbs, that's the reason Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 15, sorry, 5 and 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just the whole being, all your heart. Just trust in God and lean not on your own understanding. In all your paths, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know how God is going to do that? In what time and when God will bring that to happen in my life? It's none of our business. God is telling us just, you know, you need to just as a servant's eyes are keep on looking at the hand of the master. God is expecting us to forget all our experience, forget all our knowledge, forget all our understanding. He wants us to look, keep looking at him. He doesn't want us to believe what people say. He doesn't want us to believe, you know, what devil comes and chants in our ears. You know, he doesn't want us to believe the life from the pit of hell. He's asking you just to trust on him. He's asking you with all your heart, just trust in the Lord and not lean on your own understanding so that God can do what he wanted to do in your life. God is a great God. He's a mightier God. He is more stronger than who is in the world. He's a mighty God. And this morning, I believe God is speaking to you. We are just going to get into a time of prayer soon. His hands are going to move on behalf of you. All that you can do and I can do is, can we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Can we focus on God then focusing on our problems? Can we just stop depending on man? Can we just stop believing the words of man? Can we just stop believing the promises man is giving? Because the moment you receive the promise, we forget God and we wait for the man to act on our behalf. But it will not happen. God is reminding you that you need to continue to depend on him. Do not depend on man. Don't look at your surroundings. Just look at God and his hands. Just do not just look at the, you know, the signs. You know, at times we look for signs, whether there is any signs that God is blessing me. God is telling that that's not faith. You don't operate in that way. We don't just operate by seeing, but we just operate by believing. So just you don't need to look for any signs. God will be, make it happen. God will do it for you. Just don't pray for miracles. Just don't pray for healing. Just pray for his mercy. Just pray for his mercy. Just keep looking God until you obtain mercy. That's what you need. Let's not try a different method. There is no other method other than just looking at his hands. Shall we pray? Shall we get into a time of prayer this morning?